Boo. And welcome to All Things Creepy with Poltergeist Pivo Varchek and Witchcraft Walters, a podcast about everything dreary, wicked, and horrifying. This Halloween, we're burying ourselves in Halloween treats and beats. We'll discuss the terrifying tunes that haunt us on Halloween and the eerie edibles and witches' brews we concoct while listening to them. But first, let's dig up what's making us feel frightful this Halloween. Jillian, what's making you feel frightful? The Weakest Link reboot. (laughs) (laughs) Horrifying. (laughs) Tell us the chilling tale. I'll explain why. So I remember watching the original with the host being Ann Robinson back in the day. I think he even had a board game, The Weakest Link. And so I was just flipping through the channels the other day and I saw that the reboot with Jane Lynch has premiered. I think it premiered in September. So I gave it a whirl and it was pretty triggering because <laughs> the premise is your aunt is a group of people who are all in a circle or semicircle and they have to answer trivia questions in rapid succession. And so you're all working together to bank money. And I don't know if anyone had this experience in school where to like a teacher testing your knowledge of the class answer questions in a row and you don't want to be the person who gets the question wrong so it ignites that anxiety especially if you have like a player that you like or you rooting to win and it's also so embarrassing when someone gets a question like an easy question wrong that you know that they know but then they have you can see the embarrassment and horror on their face when they when they answer the most silliest question incorrectly And so it's just very anxiety inducing, but of course I'm watching every episode because I think people watch those shows to prove how much they know, (laughs) like shouting out answers and that's really fun. But another anxiety inducing part of that show is they have to say bank to get the money. And so let's say you're up to $10,000 and you don't bank it and time's running out. So I often scream at this screen, bank, bank, bank. And it's just like one big anxiety puddle for me. And then they have to walk off the stage when they get it wrong and everyone's staring in silence. And then they, I think the producers are goading the contestants to throw jabs at them as they walk off. So it's a lot. Awful. That actually does sound frightening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about that. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but I always feel so sad when I see someone their visible embarrassment, you know, yeah. like you can, like you, it, it really sinks into my soul when I see someone else being humility, humiliated, especially over something like intelligence when it's not really about who's the smartest. It's just about who gets the best question. Cause there's this one really smug woman who got me riled up. Uh-oh. She, she was so rude to the other contestants, but she was getting the easiest questions. One question was, um, who was in Fifth Harmony, Camila Cabello or Shawn Mendes? And she goes, Camila. And she was all smug, but she made it to the final round. I don't know how the hell she did it. Um, she got the easiest questions. And so once she got to the hardest part, she got everything wrong. So there, there is justice, um, but it's a long <laughs> road. <laughs> Uh, God help me if anyone asks me who the members of Fifth Harmony are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very easy, Sean or Camila. I mean, so it wasn't like to name all of it. She got like, a really easy question, but... I hope the Saw demon never uses that as a <laughs> test for me. You would know. Given those options, yes, but uh, I would <laughs> otherwise, I'd be really lost. That really does sound horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a perfect selection for something that's not cozy. <laughs> no, it really isn't. But I, I recorded the, the new episode I'll be watching this evening. With all your blood-curdling <laughs> screams at the television. Yeah. Bank, bank. <laughs> so my selection, um, I have one thing that actually is cozy and one thing that is also frightening. So the cozy thing is Over the Garden Wall, which is a an animated television series, miniseries. There's only one season. I really... So, okay, so this has been around since 2014, and I've always had my eye on it, like, oh, I should get around to watching that. It looks really cute. But for whatever reason, I thought it was an ongoing television series, and I get easily intimidated by that, and I don't want to have to catch up on hundreds of episodes of TV, so I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was browsing Huluween on Hulu, of course, 
and they have over the garden wall on there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a whirl. And I realized it's only like 10 episodes. It's very short. I started watching it and it's incredibly cozy. I read one article that I think nailed it, which is that it is autumn in television form. Every frame of this show is beautiful fall foliage. The art style is inspired by vintage Halloween postcards. So it has that kind of borderline look of being very cute, but also unsettling. And it's a really, (laughs) it really occupies that middle ground between being extremely funny and cute and for kids, but also being wry and a little creepy and sarcastic for adults. And I think this is the kind of story and the kind of animated miniseries that's for the whole family. And I, I really did enjoy it for that. I I think any age will will love this show. Just to give you a little idea of what it's about, the series centers on two brothers, Wirt and Greg, who find themselves lost in a mysterious forest, home to witches, beasts, and frogs that play oboe. <laughs> They're aided in their quest by a talking bluebird named Beatrice. And I, I think even their names, Wirt and Greg, kind mm-hmm. of really demonstrate the tone here, which is like, it's one hand like kind of romantic creepy and wistful and on the other hand goofy just greg (laughs) so (laughs) i I i think it's both those things and i really loved it and it's really quick each episode's only 10 minutes long so you can really plow right through it there's still time in the halloween season if you have not seen it watch it over the garden wall and that's a rock fact well, you had me at frogs that play oboe, so I'll be tuning in. <laughs> I knew that would get you. Yeah. The frightful choice I have for this, oh, just, to, just to check in on it, Julian, because I have to talk about it. I have to share my harrowing experience watching Hubie Halloween on Netflix. <laughs> Hubie Halloween is the latest Adam Sandler offering in, I think, his billion-dollar contract with Netflix <laughs> where he has to make a movie every 10 minutes. And I have a really complicated relationship with this film, it's about Hubie Dubois, <laughs> who is a delicatessen worker in Salem, Massachusetts, and everyone bullies him. They torture him, this poor man. He, Adam Sandler's doing that kind of like, hoo-hoo voice that yeah. he does. Well, it was even, <laughs> sorry to jump in, but it was even more noticeable this time around. Like, he was really slapping it on thick. I actually had to turn it off early because I could understand a word he was saying. I know it sounds, makes me sound really old, but I just couldn't understand him. But go on. <laughs> I love that that's what made you turn it off. I, I think it is extra unsettling the older he gets and does that. It just has other implications. It's like no longer cute in any way. That's definitely... No, yeah, no, you, just, you feel sorry for this man. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't gender more sympathy, though, now that he's older. Anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> Everyone's bullying Hubie. Um, He does have a couple of friends in town. He has a former high school friend that he has a crush on, played by Julie Bowen. And, um, of course, his mom, played by June Squibb, is looking out for him. Now, everyone in this movie is a celebrity. I feel bad for day players. No one's getting a role in an Adam Sandler movie. They're all, like, on vacation acting in these movies. And they definitely shot in Salem because... Here's what I really love about this movie, okay? <laughs> Don't judge me. But it, like, gives you Halloween vibes front to back. It has, It's, like, perfectly set decorated. I don't know. It just, it, it looks like a really, and, and kind of is, a really fun and mindless Halloween movie. I did enjoy watching it and the experience of watching it, even though it is objectively a horrible movie. <laughs> There's well, no defending it. Well, it's doing really well on uh, Netflix. I think it's, like, what, their number two film right now that's streaming look we're starving for this sort of like middle ground halloween content where it's not like a slasher film but it's also not like halloween town okay so it's like (laughs) it's occupying that that space so i guess the conflict is like on halloween again hubie is like this halloween helper on salem that he's like fashioned himself as but everyone's just trying to prank him and torture him on halloween meanwhile um somebody has escaped the insane asylum and people start mysteriously disappearing. And so he's on the case as the Halloween helper to, to solve the mystery. And that's, that's the quote unquote conflict in Hubie Halloween. But of course you can imagine there's no real impact or meaning of the plot. It's all just an excuse for gross jokes. Um, but if you run a star studded affair, <laughs> really great set decorations and just a bunch of celebrities walking around Halloween sets, Check out Hubie Halloween on Netflix. Yeah, I would just go straight to the film. Don't watch the trailer because the trailer is the most unhinged 
thing I've seen in a very long time. I couldn't make heads or tails of what the movie was about, but you're right. The set was so cozy. Uh, I had to, I did turn it off because of, I couldn't understand what he was saying. And also there was a fart joke and I really don't, I don't, I, something about bathroom humor just really turns me off. So you can watch people be humiliated (laughs) on the weakest link, but someone makes a fart joke. Jillian is out of there. I'm I'm out. All right, Jillian, are you ready to sink your fangs into some deliciously creepy treats and spooky sounds? They're ready. Let's start with the eerie edibles in Charmed Spirits. Jillian and I both baked some Halloween goodies for our little parties at home by ourselves. <laughs> no, no large gatherings this year, but we did, we did want to bring the, the party. <laughs> party of one. <laughs> to ourselves. We should have you know, zoomed. You, you, can, you can bank these ideas, all right, for next year. Let's start with the scary good baked treats. First of all, I was so excited to actually like really attempt a Halloween goodie. I've always wanted to host a Halloween party. But I just, my place is too small for it, really. So I only do small gatherings. But I always envisioned this like really decorative affair. I really want to be the house in Hocus Pocus that um, the girl Yeah, <laughs> has. I forgot. I'm blanking, I'm, I'm, on, her I'm name. blanking on her name. But well, it's a beautiful um, Victorian home. Anyway, I imagine decorating that and serving like witch fingers and all sorts of goofy Halloween snacks. And so I really went back to basics. And so this is not a recipe that anyone's going to be impressed by, but it, it was an adventure for me. Okay, so let me tell the tale of my bat cupcakes. <laughs> so <laughs> I baked bat cupcakes as inspired by a 2017 magazine of Better Homes and Gardens Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> And there's really not much to say about the cupcakes themselves. They're super basic. Mm. I was just excited because I finally got a cupcake tin because my husband's been picking up all sorts of trash in our neighborhood. And one of the things he's brought back was this really nice cupcake tin that we rehabilitated and washed and stuff. And so I put them to use. It's really basic chocolate cupcakes right <laughs> out of the box. You know, the, the, the packaged chocolate cake mix, package frosting, um, what, where it really becomes ghastly is the bat decoration on top now the there are uh, several ways this is what i want, really want to talk about there are several ways to decorate your cupcakes to look like bats in the article i initially read the technique they used was they took shortbread cookies like the the fudge stripe ones from keebler and they took a hershey kiss so the hershey kiss is like the nose of the bat like tilted sideways on top of the cupcake and then you, you snap the cookie in half and each half becomes a wing. And then you'd use red icing to make the eyes. And it, initially when I saw it, I was like, those are elephants. I, no, because the, the uh, elongated kiss looks like a trunk and the mm. wings look like elephant ears. Like, can't do it. Another way to do it is you get mini Oreos and you put those on the cupcakes and then you like snap another cookie in half and use those as the wings. What I did though was I went rogue altogether. <laughs> I used the cookie idea for the wings, but instead of having the the little bat sit kind of like on its stomach on the cupcake, I went flat and I made the entire surface of the cupcake after frosting it, putting the two googly eyes, <laughs> candy eyes from I got from the store, and then I with white icing drew a a mouth with fangs, and then I stuck in on the sides of each cupcake the wings, which I actually really punctured the cupcake through the frosting, just so it really stuck in there and it worked pretty well. And I think it looks better than the magazine version, but your mileage may vary. It's, it's a subjective taste issue. I enjoyed making them. It was really fun, really easy. It's, I think if you have kids, it's a really nice activity during the day. There's enough to go around. I made two dozen of these cupcakes the taste was very bland. I will say they're boring cupcakes as the recipe describes them. I'm sure so many of you listening are much more experienced and better cupcake bakers than I am. So, you know, I would, you know, do your thing on this. But the bat decoration was fun. And I also tried some other things like I made spider webs with the frosting. And honestly, just get some chocolate frosting and then just go to town with different color icing and then make whatever design you want. You sent me a picture of your creations and I was blown away. They're so adorable. They're just really cute. And those are my kind of Halloween treats that are simple, 
easy and adorable and your cupcakes hit the mark in all those, you know, forms. And you did a great job with your piping. Is that what you call it when you Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Julian. Yes, the the spider web was wonderful. The fangs, you did a great job piping. I just think they're so cute. And like you said, there there'd be a fun activity to do with kids for sure. And I like how you switched it up to creating some spiders with the the gummy worm legs. It's really a sweet, sweet treat. Thank you. Yeah, that was my husband's idea with the gummy worm legs. Um, they were left over from the the drink I'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's an, that was another way to kind of riff off of the decorating. Oh, one thing I want to add for any novice cupcake bakers like me, do not overfill the paper cups. Mm. I made the mistake of nearly going to the brim on one batch and I got a bunch of muffins. Basically they were so <laughs> overflowing. I mean, I guess there's more in that case, but they weren't quite as cute. So if you want a more delicate and properly sized cupcake, two thirds of the way up the paper cup. That's a good tip. Julian, what treat did you whip up in your cauldron? Well, I did two because one of them was super simple And the first one I did was mini spider pizzas. And it's very straightforward. You get small bagel bites. I could have gotten the, I was at this 365, which is an offshoot of Whole Foods, and they have all the healthy bagel bites, but I wanted the real McCoy. So I went out of my way to get the original bagel bites that you probably had when you were a kid. And I took some black olives, cut them up, and I put little fashioned little spiders on top of the bagel bites. I realized looking at the recipe today that I forgot their heads. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, Matt, when I sent you the I photo didn't. of them. They seemed complete to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I did was I held a, a black, I got a jumbo black olives. I prefer the jumbo just so it's more, the spiders more visible. And so I got a black jumbo olives and I held the olive and I cut it in half vertically down the middle. And then I took one half and I put that as the body and put it in the center of the bagel bite. And then I cut little slivers of a black olive for their legs for each on for, for each side. And in the recipe that I took from was recipe runner and the recipe runner photos have the spider with a head <laughs> and so I, I guess you can put a head on if you want but it's even spookier they're headless spiders <laughs> yeah headless spiders they were super delicious because i love black olives and the pizza combination and i can actually get emotional now thinking about how much i love bagel bites it's just something that <laughs> i'm right there with you i completely agree and these looked really cute and easy and a really great <laughs> idea for a, a spooky and savory treat yeah, I don't think there's enough savory Halloween treats out there. So I love how simple they are, tasty, affordable. And I had a lot of fun making them. But by the ninth bagel bite, I, I was like, okay, I'm I'm tired of cutting up olives. <laughs> I'm over this. But it's very easy. It, it's foolproof. <laughs> so <laughs> the next one that Even I Even Jillian, who <laughs> can't cut, can make these. You can make these. Yeah. <laughs> So that's saying something. Uh, my next one wasn't as foolproof. They were Frankenstein Rice Krispie Treats from a blog called Big Bear's Wife. I have and questions. <laughs> yes. You have a question of Big Bear's Wife? I, I mean, I w- want to know who's Big Bear's <laughs> Wife. Is she the wife of the Big Bear who founded Big Bear? She's, well, her name's Angie, and she says, I love oh, those farmers. Wait, is she okay. Big Ange? <laughs> oh, God, imagine. Um, but her name is Angie, and she loves the farmer's market and farm-to-table meals, but she's not ashamed to use canned vegetables and baking mixes. It's all about balance. I'm so glad y'all are here. So I found my way to Big Bear's wife's blog, and um, these Rice Krispie treats, very simple. You have to make your Rice Krispie from scratch so i had to get marshmallows and food dye and then chocolate to decorate them with and then the the fake edible eyes (laughs) which was uh i put me on a wild goose chase that i'll get into but for those yeah who are vegetarian i got vegan marshmallows they're vanilla vegan marshmallows are really good 
I got it at 365 if you have one in your area. So if you like Rice Krispie Treats, but you can't typically have them because of the marshmallows, that's a good option. So you have to make it from scratch and you put butter in your pot. You heat up the butter. You're mixing in your marshmallows until they're liquid, well, liquid-ish. <laughs> then you put in your food dye, which I screwed up. You're supposed to put blue and yellow, but I put in green and yellow. So mine didn't come out the green that I wanted. I guess I was just in a, a mad rush to make these Rice Krispies, or I don't know what, what I was thinking. Really? But... I thought they, they turned out really nicely in terms of the, the green color. Well, Big Bear's wife, her her Rice Krispie treats, <laughs> they were a little bit more of a darker green. And that's what I was more going for. I think Frankenstein's more of a darker green. But, um, you know, neither here nor there. We can't turn back the clock. So <laughs> I did that. And then the hardest part for me was... Pouring the Rice Krispie cereal into the marshmallow mix and having it blend in and mixing in, I really put in a workout. Yep, I, I recommend pouring in each cup slowly as you go because it's just the marshmallow is so sticky and it cools really quickly. So it's hard to mix it all together. But finally, I got to that point. This sounds like hard labor. <laughs> it kind of was, to be honest. I thought it was easy. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I was like, oh, this will be rice krispies how hard could it be but making rice krispies from scratch is actually pretty hard so then you put the um you flat in your rice krispie on a pan and you let it cool for 30 minutes then you have to pipe your hot your your melted chocolate onto the rice krispie to make the little frankenstein hair and to make his mouth which has um this the sewed the sewed mouth what would you it has like a stitched mouth a stitched mouth yeah this is when I bang my hand on the table in frustration because I didn't, I don't have a piper. So I had to make it out of a Ziploc bag and I only had a big Ziploc bag and Oh God, I got chocolate everywhere. I got chocolate on me. I got chocolate on the, the table and Matt, I, I'm sure you're being kind, but if you look at the photo, I don't want to be crass, but it looks like poop on the, those rice krispies no, they did not look good no it doesn't it, it doesn't look like that it did they, not come out good no they definitely read as frankensteins it doesn't look like poop jillian they look like little frankensteins i will say they it looks like they have little um you know uh push broom mustaches <laughs> yeah yeah my piping skills could improve and then the edible eyes they were out at target sold out so i went to buy them online. They were sold out everywhere online. I guess it's, you know, obviously it's the time of the year. People getting their edible eyes. Every, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> making their bat cupcakes and Frankenstein Rice Krispie treats. If you haven't gotten eyes by now, it's too late. <laughs> well, yeah, because I had to buy from the moldy company. I don't want to call a company out, but all the reviews said they came with mold on them. And I thought to myself, it's not going to be me. I, I, it's just, you know, I won't Wait, get the mold. The, do they call themselves the moldy company? they should <laughs> i thought because like they mold eyes so maybe it was like a weird like no i'm not gonna say their name because it's a pandemic and i don't want to shut a business down but you know we have that kind of power yeah <laughs> they were everyone said it has mold on them those and i said no it's not gonna happen to me and then <laughs> it's always and other people and then you get your googly eyes and, and they, they got mold, mold on them <laughs> So I, I couldn't eat the Rice Krispies. One, because I'm going to diet. Two, I can't eat mold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that so, not part of, that's not part of your diet? I, so wait a minute. So, so for the photo, you put the moldy eyes on? Yes, I did. <laughs> Listener, don't, don't eat with moldy eyes. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell they were moldy from the photo. No, are on they on the, the bottom? Back they are, on the back, they're brown. Oh, wow. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that this would be a fun activity for kids because kids love Rice Krispies and I think it's cool to put in the dye into the marshmallows. I really did get a little thrill over, uh, uh, you know, melting marshmallows and putting my spoon in and whipping it around. And did you taste it, them it at all? Fun. I did when I was making it and the, the vegan um, vanilla marshmallows were divine. I I, I love them. I, it, t- it tasted like a real Rice Krispie, but... 
I, I could, I just couldn't have the, the whole thing for various reasons. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think they're really cute. I wanted to do something fun and different, kind of like how you wanted to do a cute Halloween treat. And this fits the bill. They're, they're pretty adorable. And I'm excited for listeners to see our creations. Yeah, they are definitely more for looking at than for eating. Yes. <laughs> if we're being totally honest. That's just to, a sidebar. I think that's the funny thing about Halloween treats or baked goods is that they're nine times out of ten, like, incredibly basic, normal stuff, just spun and decorated in this either, you know, Halloween-y way with, like, pumpkins and bats and skeletons or in, like, a gruesome way, like, oh, it's eyeballs or severed fingers. But it's never, like, seasonal in the sense that, you know, oh, I've been looking forward to this fruitcake that I have every Christmas. It's not that kind of thing, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. oh, I just want to make these cupcakes I normally make into bats. (laughs) So I think it's a really interesting aspect of of making treats for Halloween, which is just, like, it's the same old stuff, but with a, a spooky twist. Yeah, I had I had the most fun making it, and I I love seeing what you came up with, and we should do it again next year. It's a lot of fun. Well, we'll get our eyes early. That's the one thing we'll do yes. next year. Oh yeah, yeah, you got to put that on, on on hold. I mean, these edible eyes. I always have to get it from the mold company. All right. Well, <laughs> now it's time to move on to some bubbling beverages we can use to wash down our treats. The potent potion that I brewed up was poison apple punch, which I picked because it was an apple cider base. So I knew it would definitely feel fall and, but it was cold. So it would kind of have a refreshing quality and I was interested in exploring that. It also (laughs) used fireball, which is (laughs) Mm. um, an alcoholic beverage I have not enjoyed in a while. So it took me back to my college days. Oh yeah. Uh, Don't often buy fireballs an adult. To go through how to brew this poison. (laughs) So the first thing you want to do is to take your ginger and slice it into like four thick chunks, smash it on the foot, the flat side of a chef's knife to get the oils up. And then you want to throw that into a medium saucepan and add apple cider, zest from the orange, zest from the lemon, those cinnamon sticks, and three whole cloves. And you bring that to a simmer over medium heat. So you're letting all those spices simmer for about 10 minutes. So it's just kind of adding a bunch of flavor um, to the apple cider. Once you simmer, don't boil it. You're just simmering it. Then you strain your mixture through a fine mesh, like um, sieve, into your pitcher. And you, know, you just want to catch all of the whole things that you don't want in the actual drink. And then you actually just let that cool for an hour. Like, put it in the refrigerator and forget about it and come back to it. Once that mixture is cool, you add cranberry apple juice to it. So it's sparkling. I use Manischewitz. <laughs> and you add a cup of whiskey, the, f- the fireball. If you want it to be alcoholic, you don't have to. The whiskey is optional, of course. And to garnish, you make um, these little cute apple slices with worms coming to them because they're poison. Ooh. So you poke holes in each side of the, the apple slice and you just like jam the gummy worm through each side. So it kind of holds and you put that on the rim. It was great. It was really refreshing. I mean, fireball really blends into it so well that I actually ended up splashing more in. Cause I was like, I can't taste it. I, I wasn't convinced there was alcohol in it, but there was. <laughs> so if you don't like the taste of alcohol, that's kind of like your thing, but you, you know, you do like to have cocktails. This is a great entry in, that like tradition of cocktails where you do not taste the alcohol at all. You'll just be like, oh, I'm drinking a kind of a mold apple cider. How delicious. That was the poison apple punch. I would recommend it. It was very tasty and it lasts for a while. I mean, I still have some of the mixture in my refrigerator and, you know, you can just whip up a drink in a couple of seconds. It's nice. It sounds wonderful. I'm definitely going to make this. And to be honest, I was quite nervous when you mentioned Fireball, but like you said, <laughs> the there's so many delectable spices that mask that fireball, I imagine. And it, it almost reminds me of sangria where you're mixing in all these wonderful spices and you have, you, it lasts for a while, like you said. Yeah, I was at first intimidated because it says like an hour prep time, but then I realized <laughs> that's just putting it in the refrigerator to chill. <laughs> it's actually really easy to make. It doesn't take any time at all. You just have to have that intermediate period where you let 
that hot mixture cool and then you put everything together. And the worm going through the apple is so cute. Yeah, I loved it. It was really easy and extremely autumnal. So I recommend that for your Halloween cocktail. But Jillian, you have another idea for us. I tried the Witch Please cocktail, and this was, Ooh, yeah, this was sassy. very, oh, you know me, a little sass box <laughs> over here. Uh, so the Witch Please cocktail, I believe, was a promo from Kiel Vodka, because <laughs> they specifically say to use Kiel Vodka. I haven't tried Kiel Vodka. You can use whatever vodka you want. It Go rogue. Yeah, it combines one and a half ounces of Kiel Vodka, one and a half teaspoon of matcha powder, two ounces of pineapple juice. 0.5 ounces of lime juice and 0.5 ounces of agave syrup. So I like to do cocktails where I have most of the ingredients at home and I had vodka, matcha, lime juice, and agave syrup, but I did not have the pineapple juice. So I had to go out and get that. And I typically don't have pineapple juice cocktails because they're so sweet. But what I will say about this cocktail is the matcha really off- offsets that sweetness it's this nice combination. I never had a matcha-based cocktail before. I think I could have done a little bit less matcha. Some powders are more intense than others, and mine, I think, is a little intense. But it creates this beautiful green color, and it, it hence the Witch Please title for the cocktail. It was super easy to make. All you have to do is just put it in a shaker, all the different ingredients, and then pour over ice. So I loved how simple it was. It, it was very refreshing, but like I said, the one thing I would refine would be to do less matcha powder because I was really revved up after having it. That sounds delicious, and I love the little hat decoration you have on it. Oh, yeah. I put this little witch hat in, 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 the, in the drink, and it, it was cute. I, I liked how it was, had that perfect witch green, green color, and it, yeah, it was very refreshing. If you want it to be a little less sweet, you can do one ounce of pineapple juice. You don't have to do the full two ounces. I think I'd make it again for sure. It's really simple. I like simple cocktails. Yeah, similar to the baked goods, festive Halloween drinks are also kind of all about the garnish and appearance, Mm -hmm. right? It's like most of the point was that the drink is green. It has a witch hat. (laughs) I I don't know. I think it's just really cute and it immediately puts me in the Halloween spirit when I'm sipping on my poison apple punch. And I definitely want to try a witch please cocktail. So now that we have our guests fed at our party with our baked treats and and beverages. It's time to pump up the jams. (laughs) (laughs) Jillian and I have each prepared spooky sounds to play at your solo Halloween party. I don't know why I keep harping on that, but it's like, let's be real. We're not, no one's having a Halloween party this year. Or you shouldn't be. (laughs) I love that we're encouraging it with this episode, kind of. Don't. Um, these are ideas for next year or to enjoy on your own. It's a test year. Okay, put it, let's look at it that way. So we divided the song choices into two categories. The first category is classic spine tinglers. So those Halloween songs that are from the days of yesteryear that bring us to the Halloween spirit. And then also some fresh fatalities newer songs that are just as scary or spooky. For this, we did try to go beyond the very obvious, although not always the case. Um, We know about Thriller. We know about the Monster Mash. You know about them too. So we're going to try to go a little bit beyond that. Jillian, uh, can you kick us off? What is your classic spine tingler you prepared for us? I chose Bill Buchanan's Beware. It's from 1963. And I've never heard of Bill Buchanan before, but he co-wrote the Flying Saucer song from 1956. And it tells the story of a flying saucer and it has songs and news reports and narration. It's considered to be one of the earliest mashups. So that's where he primarily got his fame from. But he did this that this really fun song, which I chose, which is Beware. And it's kooky. It's zany. So, of course, it's right at my alley. It's, it's a narration and it really pulls in the listener into the, into the story. And I won't give too much away, but it involves vampires. And I love the way the narrator's voice sounds in the song. It almost sounds a little bit like the Monster Mash, but it's more weird. <laughs> so that's why I like it. All right. So let's listen to Bill Buchanan's Beware. He looks and acts like a teenage boy. 
He even goes to school. Have you ever thought your boyfriend might be a teenage ghoul? Pennsylvania 4, 5, 7, 8, 9. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly the kind of Halloween music that I 100% prefer the most, which is, it is Monster Mash adjacent, but it's so goofy and fun and very cozy, and I love that about it. Yeah, it's just super fun, and like I said, it takes the listener on a on a journey through a very silly story and the end then lines are can you reach the telephone in time what's that you say someone cut the line (laughs) (laughs) and the way he says cut the line i can't do the voice but it's so funny yeah i i I never heard this song before so i think it's gonna be on my rotation for sure it's just silly and fun and lighthearted. that is a great choice and i love that the first comment on the YouTube video is someone's like, did this inspire Twilight? <laughs> oh, God. Because it's all about, like, you know, a ghoul who's a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. I love that, Julian. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. My classic Spine Tingler is not unknown. Okay, you know this song. You definitely heard versions of it, if not the original. But I just wanted to touch on it because I really, really love it. And I wanted to spotlight it as a spooky sound. It's I Put a Spell on You, the original version by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. It was released in November of 1956. And I love the backstory for this, which is originally it was going to be more refined, but I guess they all got drunk (laughs) and then they came up with this this weird version. And uh, Jay Hawkins is on the record as saying he doesn't remember making the record. Oh, he was so drunk because it has a weird kooky sound. They capitalized on it. And when they did a performance on television, he came out as a, of a rising coffin out of a midst of smoke and f- fog. And he, he has these tusks in his nose, kind of like going for like a voodoo vibe. And he has snakes and fireworks. And it's just like very Vincent Price. Like it's really theatrical. Some even say it's like one of the first shock rock performances. And it just does like, pull it all together into this really kooky, screamy version of I Put a Spell on You, which is my absolute favorite. No shade on Bette Midler's Hocus Pocus version, which has its own, you know, its own stuff going for it. But this is just the, to me, the, you know, obviously it's the original and it's definitely the best version of the song. And I love especially the version that he does on this TV show. So you can kind of see the theatrics around it. So let's listen to... I Put a Spill on You by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. I don't care if you don't want me, I'm yours right now. I put a spell on you. Because you're mad. Anyway, it's so kooky and the performance is so over the top it makes me laugh (laughs) it has the perfect amount of spook yeah exactly it's just on that edge of being like this is kind of creepy but it's obviously also very theatrical and silly oh yeah and i i love when it comes on in my halloween mix i think it's a perfect classic pick it's so fun to watch too jillian let's jump ahead to our fresh fatalities these are newer songs that also put us in the halloween spirit i'll start by sharing mine I really had a hard time picking this. And in fact, because I had a hard time picking it, I made an all things cozy Halloween playlist that I'll be sharing with our Facebook group. So if you want to, you want all of the Halloween songs I love, go on our Facebook group and check it out. My classic spine tingler was kind of an obvious choice. I wanted to go a little more obscure to a song that was released in 2011 called sidewalk safari by chairlift in a radio interview the songwriters said that they were inspired by the video game Grand Theft Auto, and you definitely get that vibe when you're listening to it. 
because really it's just about running down people on the street and killing them. (laughs) But it's done in a very zany, goofy way. And um, to me, in that sense, perfectly Halloween-y. So let's listen to Sidewalk Safari by Chairlift. the spooky theremin music and the kind of goofy beat um really drive this home for me and make it kind of like a cozy newer halloween song yeah i I could definitely see being played at a halloween party it's it's a lot of fun and i like the beats let's keep the beats continuing with jillian's pick what's your fresh fatality jillian well i misinterpreted the fresh fatality i thought you meant like (laughs) I thought you meant like, oh, a fresh fatality, a fresh kill, super scary. <laughs> like, So mine's from 1974, but um, <laughs> I misinterpreted it. It's from James Duhans. It's called Graveyard Creep. It's produced on Jetstream Records. He's from Texas. It's just like, it's soup, it's, it creeps me out. It's scary. And it's, it has a really frenzied, fast-paced beat. And whenever I can't hear myself think... It, it it if it, it makes me anxious and I think anxiety is also scary. So that's why I chose it. All right, let's creep through the graveyard with James Duhan's Graveyard Creep. love this song it's far out man (laughs) well it gets really uh fast paced in the middle and he's i think he sings dead people dancing everywhere dancing everywhere that's what halloween's all about dead people dancing everywhere in the graveyard (laughs) and all the screams in the beginning freaks me out it's just yes that that part is kind of scary but then it kind of goes into this like "Ooh, this is groovy (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i was bopping around so as as a nice mix of uh, scary and bopping that's right bopping around making your frankenstein rice krispie treats yep (laughs) we hope that we've inspired you with some spooky sounds to play um to put yourself into the halloween mood i highly recommend playing these while you're mixing a drink or baking a treat but jillian you know it's too bad we have all these treats and halloween bops and no one to share them with It sounds like someone's at the door. We have a door? It's writer and director Michael Verratti. Welcome back to All Things Cozy. I'm so excited to be there. I'm bummed that I can't be there in person, but at least I can be there in spirit. Oh, Halloween humor. (laughs) We're so glad to have you back. Thank you for joining us again. I am so excited to be back. It's become an annual tradition, really. This is what, my third or fourth Halloween with you two? That's right, yes. Um, But Michael, you're here to share some creepily cozy Halloween movie recommendations that we can chill out with on Halloween night. Yes, I am uh, actually really excited to talk about some spooky, cozy type films, because usually as someone who's so associated with the horror genre, people want me to talk about truly frightening or, you know, very, very intense horror movies. But there are those who enjoy this time of year in a much more calm and snuggly sort of way. (laughs) And there are movies for you too. Uh, And I love, I love a good autumn movie that makes you want to just like wrap a blanket around yourself and have a cup of tea or cider and just enjoy the afternoon and get in the spirit. And luckily there are a handful of them. (laughs) A couple. Yeah, a couple, just a few. No, my favorite Halloween cozy movie is Practical Magic, uh, starring Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Because it's just everything that you want sort of out of a cozy experience. It's the New England town. It's witchcraft, but it's like about sisterhood. And uh, I don't know, for for folks who've never seen this movie, it's about two sisters who are estranged that come back together 
and and kind of solve life and love problems during the Halloween season, and they just happen to be witches. And it's just such a heartwarming movie. There's a little spookiness to it. There's a, a murder mystery and a ghost. But as with most cozy mysteries, the bonds and the relationships and the town take center stage. It's not gruesome. It's delightful. That is an excellent choice. And actually one that our listeners have been clamoring have. for in our Facebook group. We have a little practical magic discussion going on. And it's especially cozy because any spooky witchy movie that also involves midnight margaritas mm-hmm. is one to watch yeah so uh not only are nicole kidman and sandra bullock witches but they have these spectacular witchy ants who are played by diane weist and stockard channing and honestly uh they're pinnacle witchiness they they just seem to be having a great time they're uh they have a penchant as matt has referenced for midnight margaritas which far better than any witch's brew i would say <laughs> and um you know it was very big in the 90s i think to have witchy ants in media because not only do you have these two but you know you have carolyn ray and beth broderick over on sabrina the teenage witch and uh sort of the inference that if you're going to be raised be raised by witchy ants it, it really doesn't get better than that and it is a trend that i dearly miss Truly. Uh, Another cozy Halloween um, recommendation that I think folks now can discover thanks to the advent of Disney Plus that sort of got left behind is the original Frankenweenie directed by Tim Burton. Most people know the Frankenweenie property for the stop motion animation movie that came out a few years ago. But Frankenweenie actually was one of Tim Burton's very, very first movies. It was a live-action short film that he did that stars Shelley Duvall about uh, a boy uh, who's played by Barrett Oliver, who audiences might remember as Sebastian from The NeverEnding Story, uh, whose dog gets hit by a car, and he reads all these Mm -hmm. science journals and uses Frankenstein science to bring his dog back to life. And the movie, it's a 20-minute short film. It's shot in black and white, and it's uh, sort of a loving homage to the universal monster movies of yesteryear with, uh, you know, a special nod to James Whale's Frankenstein. And uh, I rewatched it for the first time this year uh, since I had seen it as a kid. It was made in the early 80s. I remember renting it on VHS when I was little, and I hadn't seen it since. And it's charming. It's a truly charming adaptation of the Frankenstein story. Uh, it's so great to see peak era Shelley Duvall, who I think that, you know, if you're a fan of of fables and cozy cinema, she's, you know, I say one of the patron saints. Uh, and, and seeing that melded with Tim Burton's sort of aesthetic, especially that Beetlejuice era, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns kind of era where everything was practically built and not made by computers. It's just so immersive and it's heartwarming and it's it's a boy and his dog story that just also happens to be Frankenstein. Exactly. It's a really, that's a, an excellent choice. Also, it's just such a deep sumptuous film. I love all the deep blacks and it really gets that kind of classic monster movie vibe. And, you know, if if you're into comparing and contrasting, you can watch the original short and then watch the stop motion feature that was made a few years ago, because I think there's a little something for everyone. I love, I love, love, love that they made The Bride of Frankenstein a poodle with that big, like, electroshock (laughs) font. Like, I think it's great. Is that only in the remake? No, at the very, very end of the original, there is uh, a poodle that gets out of the car. uh, And Frank and Weenie's like, you know, kind (laughs) of... So they, they knew. They knew what they were doing. Fantastic. Are there, are there any other movies you'd recommend for the season? You know, I, when I was talking about Practical Magic, I was thinking if you want to kind of do a double feature of New England witches and kind of that spirit of sisterhood, but also want a little more edge, but not too much edge, I would also recommend The Witches of Eastwick mm-hmm. with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Susan Sarandon, and Cher, as well as Jack Nicholson, uh, because it's sort of one of those truly great witch movies that's also sort of underrepresented uh, when when people do their Halloween lineups. And it's all about these three women who are outcasts in their own town when a mysterious stranger, who may or may not be the devil, but is very much definitely Jack Nicholson, uh, wanders into town and courts them all and how they realize they're sort of all being played by this guy and they team up to, and realize that they, as, as women, uh, are stronger together in, in when they're not letting some guy play them. And there's like a, a nice little 
witchy coda to it. And uh, I think it's great. And I, I don't hear it get mentioned enough when people talk about their Halloween movies. And if you want more, more, more witch content, Netflix also <laughs> just dropped the new season of The Worst Witch. That's right. Uh, I'm behind on that. Yeah, one of my favorite, very cozy and uh, witchy shows. Also great because it's about a magic witch school and the person who created it is not problematic. So. <laughs> Double win. Yeah, and then as far as that goes, I mean, there are there are plenty of other um, fun things out there that are coming out. I've noticed a trend of really cool sort of family-friendly genre films that are coming out this year. Uh, Netflix just dropped a movie. Um, that's all. I, of course, now the name escapes me. It's, a, it's about babysitters who fight evil, and it was directed by uh, Rachel Talalay, who uh, not only is known to Doctor Who fans as directing a lot of their the best episodes of that, but she directed Freddy's Dead back in the day, and now she's returned uh, with this sort of family friendly uh, girl power monster movie. Oh, that sounds good. I really th- I thought you were going to say Hubie Halloween for a second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it. Maybe maybe it's great. Like maybe I no. <laughs> Yeah, so those are sort of my suggestions. Uh, there are a, a ton of the Disney Channel original movies are now all available uh, on Disney Plus. If you're into that, you can watch, you know, uh, Under Wraps or My uh, My Mom's Dating a Vampire. Those are all fun and kind of family friendly and cozy. You know, obviously Hallmark has their good witch movies, um, as well as their autumn lineup that are sort of like autumn based murder mysteries that are again more about the cozies and less about the the killing so plenty to watch plenty to see you know i did a little poll over on my twitter recently about people's favorite episodes of television favorite halloween or horror centric episodes of television shows that are otherwise not horror or genre related and that's a really really great way to celebrate halloween if you're not really into scary stuff because when it comes to television shows we tend to really you know invest ourselves in characters and these worlds and they become familiar to us and in a way cozy and almost all of your favorite shows have have great halloween episodes and i got sort of like a a a leaderboard because some shows do an annual one bob's burgers does a halloween episode every year. So there's five or six of them now available. Uh, I had people tell me that Brooklyn uh, Nine-Nine does a Halloween heist episode every year. I'm particularly fond of the Facts of Life episodes from back in the day when uh, Mrs. Garrett and the girls have their kind of Halloween hijinks. Uh, If you really want to kind of program a fun Halloween night that is not scary, but is a lot of fun and lets you kind of travel around with some of your favorite TV characters, you can build a playlist of your favorite Hall- of your favorite TV shows, Halloween episodes, and you will not be disappointed. It's a great idea. That is a great tip. Thank you so much, Michael, for visiting us spiritually, at least <laughs> from the beyond Yes, uh, to impart some cozy TV and uh, movie recommendations for Halloween. Before you return to your crypt really quickly, <laughs> Um, how can people find you and follow up with you and, and what are you working on next? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter is probably the best social media platform. It's just my name at Michael Verratti. Uh, as far as what I'm working on next, obviously with uh, COVID, uh, things have been a little slow in the world of film production, but I did just complete a eight part digital series that I was made entirely remotely. Um, it is not a horror series. So people who are worried about, uh, fright, I, you know, stepped outside of this. It was a series called so far, so close that I co-created, uh, with my production partner, Brandon Kirby. And it is a show all about the ways in which people connect with each other. And, um, it, the, the stories play out over various mediums like chat rooms or, uh, FaceTime or web therapy or platforms that you, people have to use to talk at work. And, um, we had the idea sort of at the beginning of summer and, and started working on the scripts and realized we had something and, uh, we went and got financing, uh, and the end product is an eight episode mini series featuring 21 actors from across five different States and two continents. Uh, and that will be coming to Deku later this year, which is a streaming platform. So Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations. You. We'll be looking for that. Well, hopefully people like it. But yeah, keep your keep your eyes open. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Michael. It's always a, a ghoulish good time when you join us for Halloween. 
Well, it is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, I, I just don't feel like it would be a Halloween season without getting to connect with uh-huh. both of you. Thank so. you. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Michael. Happy Halloween to you, too. Well, that was a lovely visit from Michael. Truly, those recommendations really hit the spot. I saw Practical Magic for the first time a few weeks ago. I don't know why it took me so long, but I love the chemistry between Sandra and Nicole, and it's just so cozy with all the ways Michael described the New England town feel, and I think it's one of my favorite movies now, so it's definitely at the top of my list, and all the other recommendations were great, too. Absolutely. You can't go wrong with Practical Magic. It is such a cozy, cute movie. And if you do not like scary stuff, but you do kind of want something a little festive, a a little witchy, as Michael said, it's the perfect choice. So now that Michael has taken wing into the night, (laughs) (laughs) we're left with our treats and our drinks and a creepy candle. This Halloween, we are burning Jack-O-Lantern by Yankee Candle. It is a brand new scent that debuted this year. It starts with a black tea, pumpkin spice, hazelnut, and nutmeg scent. And then it moves on to a ginger, carrot, clove, and cinnamon. And finishes with vanilla, apple, sugar, and sandalwood. And it's a, it has a very cute little jack-o'-lantern label on it. I really love this candle. It has a... What you actually really get more than you think you would is the tea scent up top. And... It's definitely the pumpkin spice is front and center, um, but you kind of get it softened with some vanilla and it has like a woodiness to it. So I think the blend really works here and it is very evocative of um, carving a, a pumpkin on a fall day. It sounds lovely. I The black tea stuck out to me. I can't, I'm not smelling it. Obviously we're doing virtual, but that's not an ingredient you typically see in candles, at least from my experience. Yeah, and to me, the pumpkin spice scent from Yankee Candle is an all-star. And so you definitely get this with a little bit more. So it's a bit of a more of a blend, but it's still a really nice scent. And I would recommend it. Jack-O-Lantern by Yankee Candle. One flame and wick up. <laughs> and can I give a shout out to a candle that I always used to get and love for fall? Yeah, please. It's Anthropology's Pumpkin Souffle Candle. And it's definitely overpriced but i can't get over that scent it's out of stock in a lot of places right now but the scents are orange ginger and almond blended with clove bud vanilla tonka and tonka bean 35 hour burn time it always hits the spot smells so so good i can't explain it but it's addicting and i love it and i always used to get that every year that sounds great i think i've burned that before and it is really good yeah it's, it's a good one Well, it's time to wind down our Halloween party with some growls and howls, which is our festive way of saying shout outs. (laughs) Um, First of all, a huge thank you to Astoria Wright for including All Things Cozy in the Frightfully Cozy Book Fair. We met a lot of new friends and authors and had so much fun being there and also learned about some wonderful new cozy mysteries we can't wait to read. And thank you to everyone who has me... All Things Cozy's Facebook group, super festive during the fall season and now moving into Halloween. I think I got everyone, but if I missed your name, I apologize. Gretchen, Victoria, Eric, Tina, Wayne, Bryce, Juliet, Charlotte, Joshua, and Stephanie have made our group extra cozy. Just so sharing fall photos, tips, decorations. It's just been awesome. And I, I love seeing new stuff pop up on the group every day. And of course, Norma G is always sending us great things on Instagram. She recently sent us some cute decoration ideas from this account. Keep it coming. We love to see all the activity on the Facebook group. Yes, we love all our cozy gremlins. Thank you for keeping it festive on our Facebook group. Keep up with what's making us feel frightful <laughs> via our social media accounts. We're at All Things Cozy Podcast on Instagram. We've mentioned our Facebook group several times. We are on Facebook as well. Um, if you're interested in directly supporting the show, we do have a very spooky Patreon page. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's patreon.com slash allthingscozy. You can learn more about the show and you'll get a signed thank you note from us and a little present. Um, 
for signing up to our Patreon at any level. There's, you know, there's no like, we don't do the tier thing. We only do however much you feel comfortable with, whether that's a dollar or 20, whatever you can spare to keep us going and buying our candles and talking about cozy stuff and enjoying it with you all listening. We hope you all have a wonderful and very happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It is the monster man. The monster man. It was a graveyard smash. He did the man. It got on in a flash. He did the man. It is the monster.